this is another one you're not telling me. Well, it's, we talked about it a little bit. So, anyway, welcome back to the Project X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I am Big Dave. And on this episode, we're going to talk about what I have um, coined the lost generation of musicians. Oh! Okay. Uh, we could go into a whole lot of... We could go into actors or artists or politicians or any number of things. Whatever. You're wanting to stay strictly. We're going music, to stay strictly musicians on this. There's a little bit of criteria. Okay. okay. These are pretty much Gen X related. Okay. Okay. So we're not going to get into you know like Hendrix or Morrison or any. So or, we're going to avoid the 27 okay. Club at all costs. All right. Look. Let's talk about the 27 Club before we get started here, okay? Okay. 27 Club's BS. Okay. All right. Here's the thing. Name the members of it. Uh, okay. I can't off the okay. top of my head. You've got Hendrix. You've got... Joplin. Joplin. You've got Morrison. You've got Brian Jones. You've got Kurt Cobain. Okay. Some people want to put Amy Winehouse into that because she was that same age. I don't think she did enough to get into the same crowd with that crowd, Okay. One album and really one song does not constitute getting in with those heavy, those heavy hitters. No. Okay. But those five. If she'd hung around, maybe. Maybe. But those five musicians, okay? Yeah. Pretty big names. Yeah. Think about how many other musicians who died who weren't 27 years old. Okay. That's only five people. Yeah. And so this whole 27 Club, I, 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 I'm just not down with it. It's, it's, a, it's a coincidence that somebody kind of you know put strings and and thumbtacks in a wall and said oh well look here look here look here look so here so you're basically calling it um boomer mythology with the addition yeah, of one gen xer pretty much pretty much you okay. know i that's that's what it is. what i'm talking about and this yeah. is not a comprehensive list okay there are more okay okay also, the fact I put people on here who died tragically, Ooh. not necessarily young, but tragically. Jim Carroll. These are people who died. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I just <laughs> it's good. No. Okay. You, yeah, yeah. You said people who died, and you just thought Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, I, I'll tell you someone that I have is a. Some people were like, "Well, what about what about Vinnie Paul from?" Um, uh, and I didn't put him on the list because you know what he died of? He died of heart disease. Yeah. Okay. That's different than anybody else on this. So okay. must be must be Gen X. Must be tragic. No, they don't necessarily have to be Gen X, but they would have come out in that that. Period let's put it of this time. way: the the earliest mem- member of this list that I have, yeah, died in 1990. Okay. okay. So by your criteria. Vinnie Paul, no. Dimebag Daryl, yes. Yeah, because he died on stage. Somebody shot him and killed him. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's the okay, whole. I'm just, okay, I'm just yeah. I'm just wanting to clarify. So you're getting ahead of things here. You but didn't, that's, you didn't give me a whole lot of info when we started. So, uh, I'm just trying to get I'm trying to get my mind right for what it is you're going for here. So let's start this off. Okay. Our, our very first one is someone we both know and love is Andy Wood. Oh, he yeah. was the lead singer of Mother Love Bone. Mother Love Bone. He died on March the 19th, 1990, of a drug over a heroin overdose. So this one had some far-reaching 
even though a lot of people didn't know Andy Wood, his death caused his stone in the lake caused yes, a lot and, of and we talked about this before. We're gonna get into it again because Mother Love Bone yep. had guys in it who went basically went on to form Pearl Jam. Yes. Stone and, and Stone and Jeff. Yeah. And um they did an album called uh, Temple of the Dog. With it was the two of them with Chris, Kim, Chris Cornell and Kim Thale. Yeah. And Soundgarden. A Soundgarden. And then the drummer they brought in was, I can't remember the dude's name, but he was Pearl Jam's first drummer. That's where they met him. So okay. basically, and then Eddie Vedder sang on one song on that album. Which is like the worst song on the album. I agree. And that's where they met him. Or they they just, they well, just recently started no, working with him or something. This is before Pearl Jam was actually a thing. Actually, actually, Vetter and Andy Wood had kind of gotten together and written like some lyrics. But and this stuff is where this point. was the genesis of yeah what became Pearl Jam. Basically, is what it is. Yeah. So you get as we said before, heroin leads to Eddie Vetter. <sighs> I mean, this is this is this is where that starts, and that really kicks off this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not all of them are grunge that, that are in this, but they all had yeah something. Okay. My next one that I have on here is Doug Hopkins. I don't think I know that name. You no, know, but you know his work. He is the original guitar player for the Gin Blossoms, who wrote oh. almost all of their songs. Okay. But he was a heavy alcoholic and like could not get his... Could just could not get his act together, and they wound up kicking him out of the band. Okay, and he, I'm trying to remember if he actually played on the album or if they kicked him out before they recorded the album or something like that. But it's one of those things. He was never in what we know as the Gin Blossoms. Yeah, and he committed suicide before the album, or, or the when either right before or right after the album dropped. Wow. Yeah. Again, he wrote <clears throat> "Hey Jealousy." And Allison Road, and so he wrote all he their hits. Pretty much, if you go down and look, you look at like that first album. He wrote that first album. Okay, I mean, other people contributed to it, but he by and large wrote that first album. That would explain a lot about the second album, right? And and, and there is there's a there's a big tonal shift between yeah. the two. But yeah, that's another one. Like okay, yeah, that that's one of the seminal albums of the '90s. This new miserable experience, yeah. you know, and. His fingerprints are all over it, even though he didn't get to yeah. be in the band, you know. The next one, of course, Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Died of suicide on April 5th, April 5th 1994. Uh, I'm, I'm going to change it to alleged suicide. He died of suicide that we know of. The official is that he died of suicide. Uh, I think that story's been pretty well covered. But here's the other thing. That he died on April 5th, 1994. On June the 16th, 1994, Kristen, Kristen Pfaff died of a, of a heroin overdose. Kristen Pfaff. She was the original bass player for Hole. Oh, yeah, that's right. And what's the, the wild thing about this is that there were no stories about her being a druggie prior to this. It was a wild, like, it was one of those things that, that, like it, it shocked everybody of like what's going on. So it's one of those things that Courtney Love is already dealing. Yeah, like their her the holes lived through this had just come out. Yeah, Kurt had this attempted suicide in Europe. Yeah, he comes back to the states, checks himself in the rehab, checks himself out of rehab, disappears for several days, and then he's found dead. Mm-hmm. 
So she's dealing with that, and they're getting ready to go out on the road because you know at this new album they have to they have to promote, and then her bass player dies of a drug of a drug overdose. Yeah, that was not a good year for Courtney Love. Okay, and it's one of those things well, that I'm, I will not I will not excuse Courtney Love's. I was gonna all anything. I was gonna say is there's kind of a common thread there between well, those two, a, but it's one of those things I would not excuse a lot of her actions over the years because quite honestly she's been a world class mm. something for a lot of time you know, she was in faith no more for a little she bit. was and yeah in the very beginning she was she yeah. was with them for a short amount of time but it's one of those things that it, it, it kind of when you look at 1994 and 1995 it kind of explains a little bit yeah on top of it all she's going through a lot again not giving her a pass on everything but that uh that's one of the lesser known. You know, like she's one of them. Like oh yeah, that the you, you, people were like oh yeah, there was a whole member yeah. that died. Well, her name was was Kristen Pfaff, um, and she was she was like twenty six or twenty seven years old. I mean, she was one of those things that she's yeah. you know she was still pretty young you know as well. That's the thing I didn't put their ages on here of uh, because it's like I don't yeah. think that really matters. It just, okay. I, I just put you just cause, have to know that one the cause and the 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 date. Okay, yeah, because you can start going down the line here of all these people okay the next one on the list yeah march 26 1995 with easy e oh he died of pneumonia now here's the thing he died of pneumonia due to complications of aids yeah his he had no idea that he had aids it was something that it literally just snuck up. Like he, he was yeah. not feeling well. He went to the doctor. They started running some tests. They're like, dude, you've got, you're, you're in full blown AIDS. You don't just yeah. have HIV. You're in full blown AIDS. And you've only got weeks. Yeah. And it was, and it was one of those things that within weeks he was gone. Yeah. And it was just kind of one of those like, what? No, 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 no. That's that, that, no, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the easy E, you know, I have a feeling this is going to be a, a short episode. Bonus material. Yeah. My next one, or the next one on here. Yeah. October 21st, 1995. Shannon Hoon. Oh. From Blind Melon. Want to yep. take a guess? Heroin. Heroin overdose, yes. And it was like he died of that heroin overdose not too long after having done that song in that video with Guns yes. N' Roses. Oh, no, no, no. It was, no, that was. Uh, that video was in 91. Was so it This is like four years later. Yeah. This, but oh, okay. he did that video before Blind Melon hit. Yeah. Yeah. That was the the uh, Don't Cry video. Yeah. He, sing, he sings on that. Like he's that really high voice that's singing on the track. Yeah. And he's in the video. By, by the way, all I'm going to say about that is, you know, everybody thinks of that album and they think um, No Rain. Right. Oh, no. There's, that's yeah. the worst song on that album. Everybody loves that song, mm-hmm. but, dude, the rest of that album is so I much. Know. Well, but even though, what was the next one? Soup was the yeah, second album, Soup which I think one. is a better album, yeah. quite honestly. And it, it wasn't very far into that. No. I mean, like I think they put the album out earlier that year I think or they were getting ready like to tour, just yeah. started touring. And that was it. And yep. he was gone. Yeah, and that was another one. Like, you sit and you go, okay, we got two albums worth of material. And I, don't think, I know they put out another one, like, with some unreleased tracks yeah. and that kind of stuff. It's like two albums worth of material. That's it. You know, Cobain, we got three, four, if you count incest aside, you know, yeah. and so it's one that's like, all right, well, but that's still not a whole lot of yeah. of work, you know. Uh, of course, you know, with Andy Wood, we got one album. 
And that's it. I mean. Yes and no. Technically, Mother Love Dwayne and Apple were two albums, but it was, well, but, it was but there was a lot of duplicate tracks on both. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point they even released them as like one album, like right. a super album or something. Yeah, they did. That's why I think I had it was with the both of them together. Yeah. Here's another one. Same year. Or no, actually, this is the next year. 96 is going to be a big year for us here, okay? Okay. May 25th, 1996. Bradley Knoll from Bro. Sublime. Oh, the lead yeah. singer, you know, in the, from Sublime. Drug overdose. Heroin again. Heroin. Died before the album came out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, before this album, it was their second album. Their, their first was at uh, thirty or uh, forty ounces of freedom. I think was the first yeah. one or something like that. Then when the self-titled album came out after he was gone, like it was set to go. Like they had recorded everything. They were yeah. like basically in the the, it, the it final, was just waiting whatever. for release. And heroin, heroin gone, and. That's it. Yeah. No more. I know they, what is it? The, uh, something, Dub Beach All-Stars or something like that. It was the other guys in the band that, uh, it's a something Beach All-Stars. It, yeah. It's the other two guys, and then they had a, a string of, you know. Again, very, very small amount of yeah. of material. And say what you will about Sublime. I mean, yeah. No, I it, like it, Sublime. I like Sublime, you know, and... <laughs> I've I've said you know anytime you see somebody that's got a sublime sticker on their car or their you know their bike or or you know yeah has a tattoo because I've seen those you know sublime or whatever you know it's kind of it's like okay yeah you smoke pot great so it's <laughs> all right <laughs> stereotypes are now active <laughs> don't get me wrong I like sublime yeah but that I mean come on it's all right go ahead next one. Uh, you're probably not going to know who this person is, but it is significant. Jonathan Melvoin. Mm-hmm. He was a keyboardist. He played on a bunch of stuff. I think he was with the Frogs and a couple of things, you know, a couple of bands here and that kind of stuff. What was the last name again? Melvoin. M-E-L-V-O-I-N. He died on July 12th, 1996. Drug overdose. Which drug? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was heroin. I did because I didn't write down all of what drug. I just would just put drug overdose, but. The thing is, is who he was with at the time. Okay. He was touring with the Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. And he was in a hotel room with Jimmy Chamberlain, their drummer, who was had serious oh, heroin he, issues. And he's suff- he's uh, struggled with yes um, addiction most of the, his yeah. career. Yeah, he's been clean for a little while, for, yeah. I mean, for a while now. But it, but this was like from what I hear, he's a super nice guy. And yeah. Really, and he I'm. I'm not gonna take this away from him. That yeah. guy's a talented drummer. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Uh, he he does some things that I'm still not mm-hmm. quite sure how he pulls off. But he was out partying with with Jimmy Chamberlain, yeah. and one of them made it out alive, and one didn't. And that was a, they were on they were on tour in Europe, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah. they had to like cancel. I mean, it was one of those things where all of a sudden it's like, okay, everybody's got to talk to the cops. Got to do this. Got to do that. We yeah. got to they kick. Chamberlain out of the band for a while, you know, and then they brought him back, and and it just it, it was just a mess of yeah what's going on here, you know. But I put him on here because that that was still I mean that was a big story. I remember when it happened. It was a it was a big story because it was at the time Smashing Pumpkins were one of the biggest bands in the world. Well, they had released it that was, was that, after Melancholy. Yeah, the double album. Came out. Yeah. yeah, and I mean literally they were like the biggest band in the world at the time. Yeah, and all of a sudden, yep, this thing happened. 
September 13th, 1996. Does that ring, ring a bell for you? Yeah. Yep. Tupac Shakur, gunshot yep. wounds, Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, he didn't actually get shot on that day. Um, it was a few days earlier. He died eventually. Um, still up in the air of who. Yeah. Um, it, more than likely, he was at a Mike Tyson fight. Yep. They were coming to Entourage as him and Suge Knight and some of the funny funny enough um mc hammer was there with them also yeah, because he was, was part of that that he uh, had just death been row signed records, by yeah. death row and he was about to put out that gangster album yep. that went and, nowhere yeah and but it was one of those things that they were they were in the mgm grand and they got into a fight with some guys in the lobby yep ran out got in their vehicles were on las vegas avenue somebody pulled up next to him and shot him and this was the second time he had been shot yeah. And the last, that was like two years, two or three years, you know, type thing. And people thought he was going to survive. And it yeah. Didn't. It took several days, but finally that was it, you know. And um, again, still don't know who did it. Still, all the, this is, that's 24 years, almost uh, 23 and a half years later. Yeah. Still have no clue. Or there's, there's, we don't know definitively who did it. There you is know? speculation. There's a lot of speculation. Next one goes with this one, though. March 9th, 1997. Yep. Notorious B.I.G. Biggie. Yep. Gunshot wounds. Another drive-by, if I remember right. Yep. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. You know, of course, this was the whole East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. You know, the bad boy versus, you know, death row yep. type stuff. And again, with this one, don't know who did it. There's speculation. There, you know, the, yep. I think they actually had a, a pretty solid suspect at one time and he was killed and it just (laughs) what i remember the most from all of that was snoop dogg on stage going what new york that's what started that was that was the year before all this how yeah Yeah. i know that was at the at the the was it the vi or it was the bet awards Awards. yeah and because it was they were in they were in new york yeah and Suge Knight brought his his crew from the West Coast out yep. there, and it was yeah, and Suge Knight did some of that too, you know, of yeah. throwing some shade at at, at uh, Puffy and you know all that kind of stuff. He did whatever he's going by these days. Sean Combs, <laughs> Sean and, Combs, uh, the man of many monikers. Yeah, and it was just kind of one of those things where it was like, man, what what in the world, you know? But again, tragic. Both of them really young. Tupac yeah. was what twenty five. So, I yeah. mean, he was like, he was real young, you know. And I was listening to both of them. I know, I know. It's a, and again, Notorious B.I.G. had dropped Life After Death. Yeah. You know, just just before that, and then he's gone. Yeah. And, of course, you know, uh, Machiavelli came out after yeah. Tupac died. It's funny. He's released more stuff since he's been dead than he did while he was, while he was living. Uh, isn't he the one that went on tour with the hologram or something? Well, they had that hologram, yeah, but that's uh, that's, okay. that's a whole thing. I'm, I'm, side note. Okay. If you're planning on taking a dead artist out on tour via hologram, mm-hmm. just stop. Eh, just I, stop it. The whole thing that they did at Coachella was cool. No. Yeah, it was because it was, oh, this is cool. You know, and it's, so it's one of those things that like with, with Snoop Dogg, you know, performing – and there's this verse that Tupac's on, rather than just having it playing over the speaker, having that hologram was kind of cool. But 
I'm like, okay, it's cool as a one-off. Okay, I, I'm good with that. I saw but, a story where they're going to take Dio out man, for like an entire dumb. tour See, on, that's with dumb. a hologram. But you know, here's the thing. I don't know if you remember or not, but back in the late mid-late 90s or something like that, Elvis's touring band went out on tour. Yeah. And they basically, what they, they did is they went, because they played here. I remember it. They played yeah. at the old Starwood Amphitheater. And what they were doing is that they were showing, they had uh, the video of Elvis performing in Vegas. Yeah. That they were, they, they had projected up on a screen behind them. They were playing and they had yeah that going along with it. I'm like, I, I don't get that. That is, I, I, I wouldn't pay money to go see that. No. I mean, that's a... It is what it is, you know. There, yeah. There's always somebody who's going to be trying to make money off of a, a dead musician, some way or another. I don't know if you watched uh, the Black Mirror, uh, no. the one with Miley Cyrus, because that was like the whole thing is that she was supposedly dead, and so they were they had this hologram that they were going to. Have you not seen it? No, it's worth watching. I dude. haven't watched dude. any of the Black Mirrors. Oh, okay. It Black Mirror is something else, and that that episode in particular was was pretty good. Okay. All right. Here's one I know that you're going to really be like, oh, man. May 29th, 1997. Jeff Buckley. Yeah. Drowning. In the Mississippi. In, yep. All right. In Memphis, Tennessee. And he... I, I can't believe that didn't make it on the soundtrack episode. Buckley. Yeah. Yeah. But it's... It is... He was he was out drinking with one of his friends, and they walked down to the river, and this is at night, and Buckley just waded into the river and started swimming. Said he was going to swim to the other side. You don't swim across the Mississippi, no, because of the undercurrents and that kind of stuff. And, yeah, and they found his body several days later. Boats. You know? Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, was it a suicide? Was it? Just bad judgment. What? What? what well, you know, and alcohol. Yeah. Well, there's alcohol involved, obviously. So, um, but yeah, that that was. I remember hearing. Like, I remember hearing about and that him, album, and it was like, what? No, that, no, no, that, no. That that's not right. You that, know, that, that whole yeah. Album. Grace is a great album, and uh, yeah. so. Uh, are you ready for the next one? Probably not, because this just keeps getting worse and worse. April fifth. 2002 Lane Staley drug overdose yeah died the same day as Kurt Cobain just eight years apart uh prior to them finding him if I, it was heroin yeah it was heroin prior to them finding him uh he had been missing for several days or they they hadn't heard from him for several days yeah. and it was one of those things that they the the actual date of his death is still kind of up in the air because they found him several days later yeah. and the best they could determine was it that it was and it happened to be the same day Kurt Cobain yeah and um, talk about a talented person who just couldn't couldn't beat his demons I mean, just could not, no matter. Yeah. I, I never got to see Alice in Chains. I never did either. I was supposed to. It was in 1994, Metallica went out on a summer tour. They weren't they weren't promoting an album or anything. Yep. And they took, they Alice in Chains was their, their opening act. Yeah. And I think it was a week before they were supposed to come here, he went back into rehab. Yeah. And pulled off of that and 
Yeah. And let's see who who wound up taking his spot. Oh, Candlebox took his spot here. It was added uh uh, Starwood. Starwood, but the opening act, like there was, there was, they were like in the yeah. middle. The opening act was suicidal tendencies, which was really cool. So that was, yeah. <laughs> I saw one of the first shows I saw when I, after I moved to Nashville. Suicidal tendencies opened up for Queensrÿche. That on, is such an odd pairing. Oh, it was, <laughs> and it, and it was for the mines, mine crimes, Operation em, Mine Crime, Operation yeah. Mine Crime slash Empire Tour yeah. because they played the entire Operation, Operation Mine Crime. Yeah, they did a stage setup change and then they did the entire Empire. That's but cool. I was there to see Suicide. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is he gonna make it? Yeah, it's just, are you gonna get your death on on the <laughs> on audio. <laughs> Just make sure my wife gets rich off of it. Oh, there you go. All right. Next one. Yeah. December 8th, 2004. Dimebag Daryl Abbott. Yeah. Gunshot wounds. For those of you who don't know, Dimebag Daryl was the uh, guitarist for Pantera for years and years. Then uh, after they broke up, him and his, his brother, Vinnie Paul, who was a drummer for Pantera, formed another band called Damage Plan. Yes. And they had started, they were on tour, and they were in Ohio. That sounds correct. I believe correct. in Ohio. I, can't, I think it was Columbus, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. I might I could, have to I know, I, would, I would have to go. I'm, I know I could go and look it up, but I'm, 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 I'm we're lazy. almost, yeah. And we're tired. But a deranged fan who was mad because Pantera had broken up, stormed in the back door while they're on stage. Rocking. And put four shots in Daryl's chest. Yeah. In front of everybody. At point blank yeah. range. And that was it. And it's just like, what? I remember exactly where I was when I heard about this. I was at work. I was working at the restaurant at the time. Yeah. And I walked in the back, and one of the, I'd been there maybe 20 minutes or so. And one of the cooks that I was friends with was like, hey, man, did you hear about Dimebag Daryl? I'm like, what? And he's like, no, he was, he was killed. I'm like, no, he wasn't. And they're like, no, yeah, he was. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what? And they were like, no, he was shot what <laughs> you know yeah. so of course when i got off work first time we don't got on the internet you know i'm like all right let's go look sure enough yeah there it is you know and, and it was just such a shock dude such a guitar he player such a great guitar player and highly underrated oh yeah. outside like musicians yeah let's assume go, oh dude but like i i don't think people gave him enough credit well Outside because of, Pantera of was essentially they were a heavy because they were a thrash metal band. Well, yeah. they were essentially a three piece too. Right. Oh yeah. So um, not only was he having to do the lead pieces, but he was having to do the rhythm stuff too yeah. to kind of fill Which, out the sound. One of the things I thought was really cool about them is like if you go back and listen to Cowboys from Hell, he lays down all of the rhythm on that, and yep. then what? Well, starting with Vulgar Display of Power. Yeah. He stopped doing that. He's like, I'm not going to lay down a rhythm track over where I'm not going to be playing live. Yep. And so it was one of those things that it's just basically it's, okay, he does all the rhythm track up to the guitar solo. He does all the guitar solo, and yep. then he comes back into the rhythm track again. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool because you still get a live feel yeah. of what this is, you know, type stuff. And, which, you, which, and you don't hear that. You which do not left, hear that. Which you know? left Rex to yeah, completely exactly, hold the bottom exactly. end down and uh, – and Rex never ran a fat bass. It was no, always man, a no. thin, clicky bass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pantera, Primal, Concrete, Sledge. Yeah. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Walk. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Still to this day, I love Walk. That's why yeah. I'm just like, um, So Dimebag. Dimebag. We're going to jump ahead a few years. 
again, there was there are more people. Yeah. This isn't comprehensive. This is Musicians. I, I kind of pulled well, I pulled out names from bigger acts and you know yeah. that kind of stuff. That there were other others from, you know, some some other, it doesn't make it any less tragic. It just I, I just kind of went with, with Your the big list. names. Yeah. The next one is Mike Starr. Drug overdose, March eighth, two thousand eleven. Yeah, I remember that okay. one too. He was the original bass, bass player, player for, for Alice, Alice in Chains. Chains. Yeah, um, he had come back into the public light because he had gone on celebrity rehab on VH1. You know, Doctor Drew, and all of that. And he seemed like he was getting his act together. Heroin. Yep, another drug overdose, and it was just kind of one of those like, wow, okay. And yeah. it was, it's one of those things you hear it and you're like, wow, I thought he was getting better. But it was also a. It, it, I hate to be. I hate to sound callous, but it's like. But it's like, we all saw it coming. I mean, this was. You know, eventually it catches up to you always. Yeah. And it, but it was still. It doesn't make it any less tragic. I mean, it was just like, wow, you got to be kidding me. Uh, next one, December third, twenty fifteen. Care to take a guess? No. Scott Weiland. Weiland. Drug overdose. Drug overdose. Heroin. Lead singer for the Stone Temple Pilots and then Velvet Revolver. Um, had, he was also doing his own solo thing. Yeah, but he had been in If you look back at the... This night, like these 90s, you know, we're, we're sitting here looking at all this and you look at like some of the biggest bands at the time. Um... Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam. None of the three of them, or, or or Nirvana, okay? Well, Nirvana couldn't tour anymore because their, you know, Kurt Cobain was dead. Yeah. Okay. Alice in Chains couldn't tour because Lane Staley couldn't stay off. Yeah. Okay. Stone Temple Pilots couldn't tour because Scott Weiland couldn't stay off of heroin, you yeah. know, couldn't stay clean. And Pearl Jam wasn't touring because they were fighting with Ticketmaster. Yeah. And so you had like these four biggest bands at the time. None of them were on the road for years because yep. of, you know, various issues. Now, eventually, you know, Pearl Jam got back on the road and, and so did STP and even with Scott Weiland, you know, and then, you yep. know, they, they had done that. What was it? A talk show in between uh, because they, it was basically them with another another band you know with another singer you know and um and then they you know they got back together they kissed and made up and put out number four which is actually a pretty decent album yeah and you know they went out and toured and he seemed like he was getting everything together and then he went back into rehab again and they kicked yeah. him out of the band again and then he went and got involved with velvet revolver and ultimately they kicked him out of the band because he couldn't stay clean yeah he got back together with STP again. Yep. And they went out and they toured and they kicked him they out of the band, band the again because time. he couldn't stay clean. And then, then, then he, he was, was gone. doing his solo stuff. And then he was gone and, and died on the bus. Yeah. May 18th, 2017. Yep. Chris Cornell. Yep. Suicide. Um, this one is murky on yeah. a lot of levels. I mean, just because it's, was it suicide? Was it 
autoerotic asphyxiation yeah. going mm-hmm. wrong? Uh, was he killed? There's been some speculation on that. That he was murdered? Yeah. That, that, that it, was, I, it wasn't a real suicide, that it was it was covered up. I haven't heard that one. It's a fringe... It's a fringe thing, but that got some traction because his wife kind of fed oh. into it, too, which I don't know if you saw recently. She's in a lawsuit with... Uh, the other members of Soundgarden now because really? because she says that she owns the music that they're putting out because it was because of Cornell and all that. I mean, it's just, <sighs> yeah, it's one of those situations. But yeah, this one, I think this one caught everybody by surprise. Oh, you're talking about Chester. No, no? I'm talking about Chris Cornell. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't even put Chester on here because that he they came <laughs> later. You know, they're, yeah, they they're came out of, later, you know, but he was he was friends with Chris. I know, and he, he, and he fronted he, he, STP I, for a little bit and all that kind of stuff. But I, I didn't like. I said this isn't comprehensive, and yeah. I kind of had some. These are yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't put him in the same generation of musicians with no, these I, guys. I you agree, know? but that to have Chester gone a year almost to the date, it wasn't even that long. It, it was wasn't? Like, no, it no, was only it like was, a month or so. Oh. It was real close. It was real close together. Yeah, I mean that that totally. And, uh, yeah, and it was uh, like what? But no, no, but Chris Cornell came out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean it was like I woke up and they're like Chris Cornell dead, <laughs> age fifty. Was it fifty four? And it was, I was weird. Like, what? what? No, because he had gotten back with the band. Things were starting. They he put was, out a new album. They were doing touring. Yeah. He had been clean for a number of years. You know, I he was had, really excited about and, going to see him. And and, and then. What the hell? I was going to buy new Doc Martens. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a wow. What? 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 Yeah. You know, I, I still. I mean, that's been you know coming up on three years now, and it's still one of those like, what? Yeah, Chris no, Chris and such a great singer. Yeah. Uh, generally, seemed to be a good dude all yeah. the way around. You know, uh, loved by everybody. You know, type stuff, and and it just. It goes to prove that you, you don't know what's going on in somebody's, in somebody's head. head. No matter how, how they look on the outside, you really don't know what's going on in someone's head. Yeah. Um, the next one, January 25th, 2018. Yeah. Dolores Reardon. Cranberries. Lead singer of the Cranberries. Died due to alcohol. Excuse me. She drowned due to alcohol intoxication. Yep. She she got so drunk and she took a bath and fell asleep and slipped under the water and she was so intoxicated that her natural reaction or natural uh um instincts like the auto what do they call it the you know what I'm talking about where it's it's invo- involuntary yeah. right? completely shut down and she drowned because of it. That was I was like wow that that one's and I'll be admit I, I was never a huge cranberries fan like I like some of their stuff I like the cranberries I like them well enough but I actually but, discovered the cranberries off of the College Music Journal magazine oh, really? CD yeah that I used to get every month but that again is it doesn't make it any less any less tragic you know yeah and the last one that I have on here was from last year it's Keith Flint. March 4th, 2019. It was from Suicide. Keith Flint was in The Prodigy. He was the uh, clown, yeah. the the dancer and you know singer I, I or whatever saw them, it was. I know, but I, I saw did them too. at uh, Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. I know. Yeah. And it's one of those things again like hadn't heard from them. Like they'd put they'd been they've been doing music for all this time, you know, they're still big in Europe and all that kind of stuff and all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. You know, suicide. And 
I mean, that, how many do we have here? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight, nine, eight, That list is just 18 people. Okay. Prominent musicians. People that you would know and bands yeah. that you would know. You know, that kind of stuff. Gone. Okay. So we've got seven or eight by heroin. Right. Three with alcohol induced something or something mm-hmm. or other. We've got four suicides. What's that one? And we've got three murders. Yeah. Out of how many people? It's eighteen. I said I think it's got eighteen people there, here. There's so. eighteen and there's only four causes of death. Yeah. Pretty much. And it heroin, heroin, alcohol, heroin, suicide, heroin. and well, let's put, look at this way. Heroin and alcohol. Yeah. You know, basically drug and alcohol. That's the vast majority of them there. Yeah. Suicide being the next. Drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And, and then suicide. Right. And you kind of have to wonder, like I said, because this is one of those things, like I said, I call them the lost generation because it's one of those things that these are the bands that we kind of came of age with. Yeah. You know, of maybe not came of age with or, or but they were they were a, a seminal part of our lives at a certain point yeah you know this this was the next wave of music of musicians that were going to be making music for the next 20 30 years yeah. you know type stuff whether they thought, you know, so we thought so we thought and then and they started dropping like flies but i mean that, the that's, way i look at if you take murder out of it right i mean there's not a whole lot you can do about that Somebody drives by and empties a Mac right. 10 into your right. car. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. But between drugs and alcohol and mm-hmm. suicide, that that seems to be more of I know. I know. a symptom of, of something of mental illness. Exactly. And that is which is something that this country really should be absolutely dealing you know, with more. You know, I I've said it multiple times. I've you know, I've had my struggles with mental illness over yeah. the years. I mean, it, it's just kind of a what I've had my struggles with substance abuse over the years. You know, type yeah. thing, and and it's one of those things that I look at it sometimes, and it, you know, instead of doing like we've all you know like we've done in the past, like our parents did in the past, right. where we stigmatized it, right? If, right. If we actually Agree. If we talk about if it, we, if we if we would talk about it more and brought it more out in the open, mm-hmm. and, and I think my my sister in law would agree with this. She actually this is part of what she does for a job. Yeah, um, is suicide prevention. Right. And you know the more information that's out there, and the and the more common it is to where people are more open to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know the the chances of actually maybe stopping somebody from doing something. Right. I know, and and that's. We should probably put, you know, the, the suicide prevention hotline or or, no, drug, I, or any number of things because it's one of those things that, like, all of that stuff is is I, I'm I'm sitting here because I'm actually sitting here behind this microphone now because a little over ten years ago I finally talked to somebody about some stuff about my my alcoholism and also about the the thoughts that I was having. Yeah. You know, at the time. And it's one of those things where, you know, that doesn't make me a saint that I stopped. It just makes me somebody who finally got to a point where they said, okay, if I want to live, it's time to do something. Yeah. 
and well, it's not about trying to become a saint. Not it's in about, the slightest. It, you know? It's about and knowing it's, that you you've got an, a, a problem, right? And you right. don't know how to fix it. Exactly. And, and so that's you, when it's going to ask for help. And asking for help is hard. I'm yeah. here to tell you, asking for help is hard. Even in the worst of times, there was still a part of me that was just like, "Don't do it. You can do. It. You, you don't need anybody. You don't need anybody else." And that's that's that that mental problem of it's it's that you know what they talk about with the disease you know well of, that that's also a that's also a male problem and yeah because, and there is there's a lot of there is a lot of of, of men, machismo that goes into that of like i can take care of this myself well you know, there is pull, a lot of pull themselves up by the bootstrap mentality you there know, is a and, lot of machismo that goes yeah. into it but there's also a lot of hey you're a man just suck it up exactly this is part exactly. of life suck it up mm-hmm. and that's crap yeah <laughs> and that's something i will say starting kind of starting with our generation that yeah. we, we started talking about it a lot more you know and it's i'm glad yeah not talk, still not talking about it anywhere near as much as we need to yeah i can look through my family one particular side of my family and be like look all y'all <laughs> you need to start talking about it or else i mean th- yeah. this is kind of one of those things like the rest of us you know that, that, that are younger you know mine and then the next the next you know yeah. next generation behind me uh, it's one of those things that we will talk about the t- about it and that kind of stuff but our parents and and you know aunts and uncles and grandparents you know like they like yeah never talked about it refused to oh and, and if, if and if you brought it up it was like don't talk about that oh, that's not and, something we should talk about and, and if like, a family <laughs> had somebody that had committed suicide mm-hmm. That family back in the old days would move out of town yeah, because I know, it because was, it was such a shame, you yeah. know. And it's just like, man, this is a. Um, but yeah, I just I I've looked at this. The reason I wanted to talk about it is not to you know get into personal stuff and everything, but as the years have gone on, you know, um, this really got into my head last year. The whole thing with with Keith Flint, you know, and it was like right there, you know, and of course, yeah. you know. And, you know, Dolores were ridden the year before and, and yeah. you know, Cornell the year before that, where in, in Chester Bedingfield in there, you know, where it's yeah. like something's going on. The, this whole, you, you look, like I said, starting in 1990, the bands that went on to, to you know, define that decade. Yeah. We lost a ton of people. Some of them during the 90s, yeah. a good chunk of them during the 90s, and then some later on down the some road. Some later on down the road. And like I said, you know, you could get into some other, you know, like I said, Vinnie Paul, you know, from, from Pantera. He died of heart disease. Well, part of, the, the amount of alcohol that that oh, dude drank. That, that whole band drank. <laughs> they they were a hard partying band. Yeah. I mean, drugs, hard, And I'm sure there was alcohol. drugs involved as well. well. I mean, there was. And, you know, the whole thing is when Vinnie, he was, you know, he. The band he, that he was in after Damage Plan. I hell yeah. Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they He was having a party at his house and he walked into a. They had somebody following him around with a camera. Yeah. He walked into a liquor store and brought a shopping cart from a yeah. grocery store with him and filled the thing up. Right. You know, for a one night party. Right. Well, that's, a, you know, Pantera back in the day. I mean, they were, they were known drinkers. I oh, mean, like, yeah. known. Like, these guys were hardcore, you know. And, you know, they're from Texas and. Again, it's kind of that. Oh, we're Texans. We can, we can, yeah. you can, you can drink five beers. Well, I can drink fifteen. You know, type stuff. And and you know, someone's being young and everything. We've all done it. And well, maybe not you, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but it, it's kind of one of those. Uh, but yeah, yeah. You just, just looking at, at that list of people, you, know, you can say it was heart heart failure. 
that dude's lifestyle caught up with I'm him. I'm sure. The, I'm sure it was because the heart yeah. disease was from all the other and, stuff. And, and, and he, also, you know, he was pretty big dude for a long time. I, okay. And I'm, he had lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember, like, seeing him because, I mean, he was a he was pretty good sized. Let, let's call it like it is. He was I'm, obese. I mean, it was. I'm you know, a fat guy. Yeah. I was probably. I was. I'm probably heavier now than Vinnie Paul ever was. I don't know. He was pretty big. At I'm one point. sitting at 355 pounds right now. And I'm, I know that I would, because I just I would guess had a that Vinny was probably somewhere in there at his heaviest, yeah. quite honestly. But it was it was they after it was I think was it Great Southern Trend Kill when they came back, yeah. you know, after uh, and it was like, Oh wow, Vinny Vinny's lost a lot of weight. Like you could tell like he had dropped a lot of weight. But then he dropped even more later. Yeah. And you know, and through the, the last years of his life he was still pretty you know, pretty small, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it was I, just, I, that's actually my my problem. Yeah. Is I like to eat. I like to eat a lot. <laughs> We're well, Americans. We love to eat. Well, <laughs> I mean it's it, it's a problem for yeah. me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm over three hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Even at six two, you know, I'm still big. I've ended up, you know, it's somewhat hereditary, but dad was type two diabetic. Now yeah. I'm type two diabetic. Right. And I'm struggling to keep it under control. Yeah. You know, where you know it oh, may, I believe it, both my parents are diabetic and it's one of those things that my doctor reminds me of that. You know, it may be, it, it's alcohol for one dude and it's donuts for another. I know. I know. And and it ultimately comes down to from sitting in a lot of meetings as well as my own personal experiences, you yeah. know, with, with substance abuse and mental health issues and that kind of stuff, is that the two go go hand in hand. And yes, there are people who are straight up addicted to to a substance. Yeah. But chemical it dependency. seems that most of the people that I have come into contact, the vast majority of the people I've come into contact with who have had problems, it's not the substance itself. They're using the substance to cover. They're self-medicating. They're so, exactly. That's, they're, that's they're, what I was doing. I was self-medicating for years. The drugs and the alcohol are a symptom of, of a bigger of some, problem. A bigger problem. It's, you know, and it's some kind of mental, mental illness or mental yeah, mental health issue, you know, because yeah. it's like, you know, and I, I've, I've talked openly about, you know, having problems with, with depression and anxiety. Yeah. And you know, these guys did, you know, you know, Cobain, Cobain yeah. straight. I mean, we know that, you know, that, that's, that was well-documented, you know, plus he also had some physical, yeah, he had like severe, he had like gastro, back problems. Yeah. Yeah. Type stuff. And it yeah. was one of those things that like they, that was one of the speculations. The reason he started using heroin is because it helped with the pain, Yeah, you know, and, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it, it's uh, but eventually it it catches up. You know, and uh, sorry to give you such a downer of an episode, but it it, it is something it's, very important to talk it's about. It's something you, know? you got to talk about. It is. Um, you know, check on your friends. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And, you know, I hate to even bring it up, but in today's climate, people need to check on each other. Exactly. People need to be kinder exactly. to each other. We need to start showing each other a little bit of respect mm-hmm. and some courtesy and, and let me i know it's hard just some of it is is we've been conditioned to do this but don't don't tell somebody who's having problems to man up or you suck know, it up yeah or, suck it up or you know oh, it, it'll be okay yeah it's no it's it's if everybody some, everybody needs help of some sort and, and at, some somebody, point, at some point in their life. So. If, and if you think somebody may be reaching out, they're probably reaching exactly. out. They're just not exactly. doing it in a loud manner. Exactly. You know, it's uh, that, that that cry for help is 
usually pretty it quiet. In, it's pretty quiet, and it comes in many forms. So, yeah. anyway, uh, that's our episode for today. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna do Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, contact. We're gonna we'll, do, we'll put contacts in the notes for um, any, any suicide prevention of, yes, hotline. Uh, you know, any yeah, as well as some other resources. Um, just um, yeah, take check, care of each other. Check, check on, on each other. Check and, on each other, and you know. Um, and and don't be afraid to to ask somebody if something's wrong or yeah. what's wrong. You know, usually, and I, you know, people when you say, "Hey, is something wrong?" No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't don't come with that way. Don't say. Or, don't don't ask. Are are is something wrong? Ask what's wrong. Yeah, that's they're they're two completely different questions. Um, and also, if you get a, you'd be surprised how many times when you when when somebody realizes that you know. Something's wrong. How willing they'll be to actually talk to you? Or so, no, it, it's fine. I'm just tired. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I use that excuse a lot back. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Yeah. <laughs> just and tired was usually code for I'm depressed. Just yeah, everything you know. And uh, so yeah. Anyways, guys, take care of each other. I'm Alan Smith. No, I'm Big Dave. And we promise to have a much uh, lighter episode next time. So <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. See ya. Hey everybody, uh, this is Alan. Just wanted to drop a note in here uh, on behalf of Dave and I. Just some resources if you're having problems with uh, substance abuse or mental health issues either way. Here here are some um, websites and 1-800 numbers to give you the the help and the resources that you may need. Uh, first off, I'm going to start with uh, Alcoholics Anonymous as well as Narcotics Anonymous. They both have great websites. Um, of course, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is aa.org and Narcotics Anonymous is na.org. You can go there and find meetings, counselors, you know, all the resources you may need to uh, start you on a, a rec- your recovery. I personally have have gone through AA and um, it, it is a great, great resource for uh, for uh, getting sober and staying sober. Uh, also. The uh, we we talked a lot in this episode about uh, suicide and the uh, National Suicide Prevention Hotline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Again, that's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. That is a twenty four hour a day, seven day a week, three hundred sixty five day a year. You can call them if you're having suicidal thoughts. They can they can counsel you. Uh, you know, you would be surprised. Um, again, coming from personal experience, when you finally, you know, get to a point where you feel like you need to talk to somebody, just how much that can make you feel better and, and maybe give you, and, and quite honestly, give you a little more perspective of, of, um, of the consequences, quite honestly, it is a uh, it's a good thing to talk to people. And one more thing we have here is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Uh, again, it is a twenty four hour a day number. That's one eight hundred six six two help one eight hundred six six two four three five seven. You can contact them. They can get you in touch with. Uh, they they can counsel you over the phone. They can also get you um, in touch with local resources. Again, guys, take care of each other. The world is a much better place with you in it. And from Dave and I both, we just want to say that we love you all, and we hope that um, if you are having issues, please, please reach out and uh, and stick around, man. We uh, we all love you here. So uh, have a good day. Thanks. Thanks.